Welcome to the Club Solutions Magazine Podcast Supplier Voice Edition, brought to you by Jade Yoga, a company that makes the best performing, most environmentally friendly yoga products and giving back to the earth with every product sold. Welcome to the Club Solutions Podcast. My name is Rico Francis, president and co-founder of Peak Media and Club Solutions. In this episode, we'll be speaking with Dean Jarahian, president of Jade Industries, creator of Jade Yoga. Dean, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks for thanks for having me, Rico. Great to be here. Yeah, for sure. Thanks for joining us. Our purpose today is to learn more about you, your history, uh, your really interesting um, family history as it relates to the company, and uh, then specifically how you can help our listeners. So uh, with that in mind, let's just dive right into the questions. Uh, the first question, tell us about your personal background, where you grew up, uh, some of your early interest, how you got involved in the company, and then as I mentioned, the really interesting um, history of the company. Sure. Um, I was born in Philadelphia, and I grew up right outside the, right outside the city. Um, growing up, I had a pretty kind of idyllic suburban lifestyle where, you know, I went bike riding and fishing and um, ice skating on the local pond and all that kind of stuff. You know, it was, it was that kind of a, you know, I, I love the outdoors. I love doing that. Kind of stuff. I went off to college in Vermont where I learned some more weird sports picked up windsurfing and, um, you know, a lot of other triathlons I've done and marathon, one marathon. Uh, and after college, I went to law school and I, I became an environmental lawyer. I worked for the Environmental Protection Agency. And I remember while I was there, I used to go out to lunch, you know, a couple times a week with my, you know, sort of closest work colleagues. And we would talk about coming up with the eco-friendly business idea. And we, you know, we talked and fantasized about this idea and none of us really ever did anything about it until one day I decided um, that I was gonna leave the law. And around the same time, my father, and we'll get into his position in a little bit, he was taught thinking about retiring. And so the time he was about right. And what my father was retiring from was a family business that my grandfather started in 1904. And my grandfather came from Armenia, um, you know, another typical story of some rugs under his arm and what he knew was Oriental rugs. So he got into the Oriental rug business and he built a business that, um, you know, from 1904 through probably the seventies was the preeminent Oriental rug business in Philadelphia and one of the best known on the East coast. And what he focused on and I have in my office right now a drawing of the building in, that was located in West Philadelphia. It was, you know, their, their tagline was rugs of quality. And what he really cared about was having the best quality products to offer his customers. And they, you know, people from all over the place would come in knowing that they were going to get a good rug. Because rugs are things that, you know, it's hard to really understand what you're, you know, if you don't really know the field, it's hard to kind of get what you're you're buying. And so you have to go to somebody you trust. And so he, he built that trust on, on, on quality. So in the mid sixties, my father stepped into that business and he continued with the quality concept, but he grew the business in another direction. He, he developed a pad to go underneath Oriental rugs. And, it, and his, his mantra was the same really was let's make 
the best quality pad to go under these great quality rugs. So he ran that padding business for 20, 25 years. And then when I had that conversation, I went out to lunch with him that day and I was thinking of leaving EPA and he was thinking of retiring. I said, all right, well, I'll step in and I'll take over the padding business for, you know, for a couple of years. I, I figured I could do it for two years before I, well, I figured out what else I was going to do. Um, and now that was about 20 years ago. So in about 2000, I remember I, the phone rang and I picked it up. And somebody on the other line was saying, you know, if you can make your rug pad into a yoga mat, you would have a great product because the yoga mats out there in the world are terrible. They're slippery. They're not comfortable. They're made of toxic plastics. So, you know, if you can make a, you know, if you can make a great yoga mat out of a great rug pad, we'd be onto something. And now admittedly, I didn't know much about yoga at the time. So I sort of said, well, We'll give that a shot. We'll see. Um, we'll see what happens. And and we developed some samples out of yoga mat, uh, out of the rug pad into yoga mats. Sent out little eight by ten inch samples to five hundred yoga studios. We found a mailing list for, and we immediately got three hundred phone calls. Mm-hmm. And people had never seen anything like it. What it was was the pad, the rug pad, and the yoga mat was made out of natural rubber. And all the other yoga mats out in the world were made out of PVC, which is polyvinyl chloride, which is a plastic, which is slippery, it's toxic, it's not comfortable. It's kind of got an oily feel to it. Natural rubber is a totally different game. So that's, so that, I did, just picking up that one phone call in 2000, turned this, you know, that rug pad business into a yoga business and, um, and kept me on for 20 years, apparently, <laughs> to pass the time period I was gonna be there. Um, so we had, um, you know, we, we grew the rug pad or the, or the yoga business soon outstripped the rug pad business to that the point. Now it's probably 75% of our business or 80% of our business yoga mats. Curious, the, the phone call, did you do, um, research or anything? I mean, was it just kind of like one of those gut instinct, let's just, let's just, put some samples and try this or how much research did you do between? Yeah, I mean, I did, I, I had a, I, my sister was practicing yoga at the time and she sort of backed up the claim that the yoga mats were slippery and she said her teacher didn't even let them use yoga mats. A uh, friend of my, um, friend of mine, she had just started a yoga studio and I would run into her and, you know, we talk about it at lunch and she sort of told gave me the same concept is that it's, it really was an issue out there, these slippery yoga mats. And, it may it distract people from their practice. So that, but that was really it. It was just a couple conversations and, you know, putting 500 samples out in the world was, was, you know, was kind of the test. And, you know, from there we had, um, you know, several, several versions of the mat came out before we found the one that, that seemed to really work with people. Um, but yeah, it was not, it was, I, I hate to admit, was not a ton of research in that. It was kind of a shoot from the hip and, and we got a, we hit the target. That's a great story. Um, okay. Let's jump back, I guess, to present day or, or jump forward to present day. You're, you're president. So in your role as president, sort of describe what you do on a day-to-day basis. Okay. Well, that's a, I mean, that's a, that's a good question is that because uh, every day is different. If you think that we're selling the same product over and over again, you think it would be the same, but every day is really different. There's, there's some days that I'm very hands-on and I'm out in the warehouse. Like, you know, certainly at the beginning of the pandemic, I was the only person, I was the only person in the warehouse. I was 
you know, packing yoga mats, shipping yoga mats. Um, we had remote staff taking orders, but then they would tell me the orders. I'd pack them up and ship them. Um, you know, I'd unload trucks. I'd load trucks. Um, but now that we're sort of getting a little bit more back to normal, you know, I'm kind of focusing on product development and marketing. Um, but I do think it's important that I see every customer service email that comes in. So I know what people are saying and thinking about us. So that's one thing where I still try to be hands-on. Um, but mostly it's, it's kind of about like trying to steer the ship and, you know, spread the word about what we're doing in, in terms of the product, but also what we're, we're trying to do as a company. Um, so that's, yeah. that's, that's pretty much where we are now. Got it. Um, now let's kind of drill down and talk about yoga and the yoga products, obviously what you all do specifically. From an operator's perspective, um, a health club operator who, you know, majority of people listening to this are health club operators. Um, how can you help them grow their business? And then in that answer, um, how's that different from maybe some other um, yoga products companies? Right. Okay. Well, I mean, I love this question because it's really kind of what we we're trying to do is we're, our success comes from our customer's success. So we really want to help our customers um, do better. And I think that, you know, what the key is, is again, in the, in the quality of the product that I think of a yoga mat, just like any other piece of equipment. If you think, if, you know, if you're a club operator and you buy a new elliptical trainer, everybody flocks to that, right? They want to see, they want to try that out. And if it's good, they're going to go there first every time you see the line of that one, the old one sits empty. So I hear the same stories about our yoga mats is that, you know, a lot of studios will put out, you know, a bunch of lost and found mats for people to borrow at the beginning of class. And, you know, I hear stories of people kind of, you know, yogis, not literally throwing elbows, but trying to get in there to, um, to get the jade mat rather than, you know, be stuck with the PVC mat. Um, so the, the idea is if you have a good quality product, people will flock to it. So, you know, in the, in the, club situation what i mean first let me just let me tell you the difference of the product first and then we'll get into how that's going to why that makes a difference so if you think about a yoga mat i don't know whether you do yoga um but you really want a couple things in a yoga mat you want to have grip you want to have cushion um those are the two main things but after that people doing yoga are interested in their health so they want to have a non-toxic mat a lot of people doing yoga are interested in the environment so they look for something that's eco-friendly so if we consider those the four sort of targets of a mat, you can't do better than the jade mat. It's because it's made of natural rubber, it has more grip. Because it's made of natural rubber, it has more cushion. It's also non-toxic and natural rubber is tapped from a rubber tree uh, like maple syrup. So it's a rapidly renewable resource, so it's eco-friendly. And on top of all that, we plant a tree with every mat that we sell. So we're giving back to the earth with, the, with, each, with each mat sold. So what, if, you know, the, the other mats on the market, we'll go back to those PVC mats, not, not only are they slippery, but they're, they don't have cushion to them. So if you took one of our mats and, and, a, and a competitor's mat and you, you know, push down on them, you know, you'd feel the floor a lot faster with the competitor's mat than with our mat. And that's just, that's just the natural cushion of natural rubber. Um, Natural rubber, as I said, better grip, non-toxic, eco-friendly. 
the PVC has none of that stuff. So you have a better mat, you're going to have a better experience. And this was one of the things that, you know, you asked before about the research that I did. I started very early on. We, there weren't a lot of yoga trade shows. So I went to a lot of, you know, sporting good trade shows, club shows, and I would bring in um, yoga teachers to demonstrate the use of the mat in our um, exhibit space. And people come by and they would, they would, you know, they would look and see and understand it. But the most interesting part was being with that yoga teacher for the day and hearing her say, wow, that mat is so different than any other mat. It changes my practice. It wants, it makes me want to get back on the mat. And when I think about, you know, fitness clubs, a lot of what I think that, you know, time is spent on is, is getting new members and retaining members. And if you have a mat that you want to practice yoga on, you're going to be more likely to go to class. Simple as that. It's just, again, like the elliptical or whatever, you know, train device you have. If you have a good one, people are going to be more likely to show up and use it. And not only that, having a jade mat tells your members that you're really serious about yoga. I mean, we're any place you look, you'll see the jade yoga mat is one of the top, you know, one, two or three mats on the market. Um, you know, a generic PVC mat, yoga is an afterthought. A jade mat, you're saying, yeah, you, we're very serious about yoga. We want you, you know, we want you to come here. We want you to have a good practice. And I think that that, you know, that's, you know, people are going to keep coming back. They're going to tell their friends. You're going to have, you know, people are doing yoga anyway. A lot of members are doing it, like yoga anyway. So why not do it at the club? Why send them somewhere else? Jade Harmony yoga mats have amazing grip and comfort and come in fun colors. Jade's eco-friendly mats are made sustainably with natural rubber. And Jade gives back to the earth by planting a tree for every mat sold with over 2 million trees planted so far. For more information, visit jadeyoga.com. In terms of bottom line um, impact, it's only made sense about what you were talking about in terms of retention and coming back because you've got a great product that you're using. Do most, um, I guess, health club operators specifically, I'm not sure to what extent yoga studios are different, but do they um, purchase your products, the mat specifically, uh, with intent to resale mostly, so to use it as a profit center, or are you finding that they're, you know, purchasing just as almost like a member benefit, something that members can use during class and they return at the end of the class? How does it typically? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, there's certainly a variety. I mean, I, I love this. I'm one of my favorite stories about this whole business I've been in has to do with a, you know, a, a, a club that I will not name, but a high-end national chain that bought our mats for the members to use in class. They had a pro shop. They did not stock our mats in the pro shop. We would get calls weekly, if not more frequently, saying, hey, I use the mat at blank club. Um, I use your mat there. Where can I buy one? And they didn't have them at the pro shop. So I, you know, I would, every time I got one of those calls or emails, I would email the, the buyer for the club and say, hey, look, I got another one. And I have to send these people to the yoga studio down the street to buy a mat. Wow. And finally, and they, the, the club had a different buyer for the members equipment and then for the shop. 
And finally, the uh, the club buyer mentioned it in a, in a staff meeting. The CEO, you know, slammed his fist on the table and said, "We need to get those mats in our shops pronto." And they um, they did, and they became one of our best customers. So people would use the mat, they would realize the benefit of it, and they would go down to the shop and they would buy it. So you know, the answer kind of is, you know, you can do it both ways. And if you have it as a as a member perk, or uh, you know, a lot of places, I you know, we'll rent out the mats, which is something that we recommend. Um, running them makes them a profit center. Um, you know, a dollar or $2 or $3 a class is nothing for the, for the member. And it sort of signals to the member that you're cleaning the mat, which is something that you really should do in between uses. Um, but it also, you know, the mat will pay for itself in, you know, a couple of weeks at the most. And then all of a sudden, you know, it's just a profit center for you. So it's really all, you can have all three options. Um, You know, I definitely recommend the rental just because they should be cleaned. And this is telling, and this is sort of justifying the cleaning in terms of the expense the club's going to go through to clean it. And also that the uh, member's going to pay for it. So I highly recommend the rental route. In terms of maybe some other considerations or applications um, that our listeners should be thinking about with regards to either yoga generally or, you know, yoga mats or yoga products. Um, we've been talking mostly about the mats, obviously. Are there, are there other things that you think our listeners should be thinking about um, as it relates to yoga? Yeah, I think that most, well, that, there's, a, there's a lot of different schools of yoga. Um, almost everyone requires a mat. Many... Um, will require or would be helpful to have blocks and straps, which we also have. And um, we make them also out of natural ingredients. Um, There's also many classes which require bolsters or cushions of some sort, which we also make out of natural ingredients um, and make them in the U.S. too. Um, So those are sort of the the basics. Blankets, we also have, we also make blankets. Rugs are less popular. There's a whole slew of it's kind of esoteric props that are really limited to a particular school of yoga. So it really kind of depends on what type of yoga um, is being offered. I think in most clubs you're gonna you're gonna see uh, you know a more accessible type that doesn't require the esoteric equipment. So I think once it, you know, you know you start with mats and you go blocks, straps, um, bolsters, you know blankets are helpful, but it really it's kind of driven by the teacher a lot as to what they, um, you know, as to what props would be needed. And I do want to talk about teachers too. I don't know if that's going to be one of your questions. No, far away. <laughs> the even more, and I hate to say this, even more important than your yoga mat is your yoga teacher. And for a club to be successful, they have to have a teacher that, that, that people want to come see and they, they um, you know, they want to come back for. And is that you know it's kind of unfortunate right now is that you know with the pandemic that so many yoga studios got closed down, um, but it's really it's it's an opportunity I think for club owners to find some great teachers, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of really wonderful teachers out there right now that are um, available for work, and it's it's like no other time. There's so many people that are trained, and there's so many people that are experienced, and there's so many people that that really you know are available. Um, and that's one thing that we can definitely help operators with is that we know yoga teachers all over the country and we can connect you, you know, if you're in a place and looking for somebody, 
you know, we can probably um, find somebody, you know, at least a few, op, you know, a few options to consider. And I'd be happy to, to do that with anybody who wanted to, you know, to bring in a new teacher. Great. Fantastic. Talking more about the bottom line. And of course, you know this better than I mean, that that's what health club operators are focused on. Are there examples and not to mention the, um, club specifically, um, I'm not sure that would be appropriate, but just maybe anecdotes or just examples that you can share about um, how one of your customers, one of your club customers has had, you know, their bottom line impacted in a positive way. And you've talked about that some, um, I don't know if you have a, you know, a couple examples, one or two, uh, or any numbers that you could share would be great for our listeners. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I mean, the best story by far is the, is the club that added him to their shop. I think that's you know, it's going to be hard to it's going to be hard to beat that one. Um, but I think it's just it really is just when you know when a club's trying to separate itself from others and they provide the quality of a jade mat, you know, they're going to get the you know they're going to get the respect back from their students that they're giving their students. Um, I can't really give specific examples right now, but. Um, I just think that's the that's really the key is that if you're if you're telling your students that you care about their yoga practice, you know they're gonna they're gonna recognize that and they're gonna they're gonna come back for more and they're gonna bring their friends and their partners. You know if you know you know if, if I was a member of a gym and and you know my you know wife wanted to do yoga and she was doing yoga somewhere else and we could do one car trip to the gym for a good yoga class, you know I'm gonna try to persuade her to do that. Right. <laughs> so, you talked about the teachers and how, you know, as a result of COVID, a lot of studios have shut down. Uh, the result is there's a lot of really great instructors who are available, um, which has a great insight. Are there other maybe um, either opportunities or challenges or trends that you see that um, clubs should think about as it relates to, you know, yoga? Yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, I think that there's, I mean, the one thing that I really see coming and it's, you know, it's a little bit of a stretch for the clubs, but I, you know, if you've got some imagination and you've got some space, I really, I've been saying for a little while now, you know, meditation is the new yoga and, you know, meditation is, it's, it's rewards are incredible. Um, and the sort of the cost of entry is minimal. You know, you, you have, um, you know, both for the club operator and for the, for the student, um, you know, if you have a guided meditation in a, in a club and you, you just have, um, you don't need to change your clothes for meditation, hmm. you know, work up a sweat. You don't need to be limber. You don't need to be strong. Um, but it really feels great afterwards. And that's something that I, that, you know, that we're turning a little bit to at Jade is, is, is meditation. And I mean, we're going to, stay with yoga as, as far as it'll take us, but, you know, we're adding meditation into our product mix, uh, meditation cushions. Um, I just think that's really, I mean, you see occasional meditation centers popping up, but I think you have an existing infrastructure. If you have some space and some downtime and you can find a meditation teacher um, and often yoga teachers are, are, are good meditation teachers as well. Um, you know, you can bring some, you know, some new people in or, or just, give people you already have an extra, you know, a reason to stay another half hour, you know, the reason, you know, reason to come in on their off day, um, you know, make, you know, make the club that third place where, you know, they're spending more and more time. Yeah. That's really good. 
if there was one thing, and you mentioned several things that I didn't know, um, I'm sure were really good to hear from our listener standpoint, but there was one thing you'd want our listeners to know um, about either Jade or yoga generally um, that you think they may not know or something that maybe is a misperception. Um, what would that be? Well, I think that's, I mean, that's a great question. And I, and I really have so many more than one things to say. <laughs> but I'll, I'll stick to one, which is, which is really is like a lot of people I think are, are afraid of yoga and they, and you know, the people out there that are doing it, they already know there's nothing to be afraid of. The people that aren't doing it. I mean, I said at the beginning of this that I, you know, I, I run triathlons. I've, you know, I run marathon. Um, hardest thing I ever did was a hot yoga class by far. Mm-hmm. And I remember sitting in this class and yeah, sitting, standing, whatever they were telling me to do, I was doing it. At the end, I was in a puddle of sweat on the, you know, on the mat at the end of class. Everybody's getting up and leave, and I couldn't move. Guy, in, I was watching the guy in front of me the whole class. He's doing everything. He's doing an incredible job, and I'm just so impressed. And I see him in the locker room afterwards, and I just said something to him about, wow, that, you were so good in there. Like, have you been doing this for years? He goes, no, I've been doing this for like two and a half weeks. Wow. And, it's just like so many things. You have to get past that. You just sort of have to get across the um, the line to where you, you break through and you realize, yeah, I can do this. People say, you know, I'm not limber enough. I'm too stiff. I can't stretch. And and really, that's the first day. The second day gets a little easier. Third day gets a little easier. Um, you know, I don't know how that helps the club operation unless they're thinking of doing yoga, but I think you, you know, you encourage your students to think the same way. It's just give it a chance, just like anything else, you're going to get it. Very good. Future plans for the company. Maybe I mean, you've talked about uh, meditation, which, um, so I guess I'll ask it this way, maybe um, future near term. So next 12 to 18 months, sort of what you see, and then maybe further out three to five years, what are future plans for, um, for Jake? Yeah. I mean, I think that, you know, the next, you know, the, the short term really is to is to launch those meditation products. We're going to, you know, we're going to get those out there. They're just, they're actually just coming in hopefully in the next few weeks or months. I mean, not a few weeks. Um, and then longer term, we're really, you know, we're, we're trying to become more international. We have great distribution in, um, in Europe, um, but we're really trying to get, and, and a fair amount in Asia, but not as much as we should. We're selling, you know, we're sending some product, our product, sort of, I have to say our products all made in the U.S. or all, our mats are all made in the U.S. So I'm very excited when we ship product to China. I just love doing that. And I want to do more of that. Um, South America is a growing market. We want to get in there. Um, Africa is a growing market too. We want to get in there. But I think that the, the whole idea is to, is to spread sort of the, not just the idea of, you know, of yoga, which I think is, is great, and not just sell a lot of mats, which I also think is great. But we are, you know, as a company, what we try to do is, um, is give back with every product. And so we're, you know, we've, you know, I, I think I mentioned that we plant a tree with every mat sold. So we're up over 2 million trees planted you know, so far. So, you know, we want to get that number to five. We want to get that number to 10, but we're also doing a lot of other things. We, we preserve rainforests with the blocks we sell. We reduce CO2 emissions with the straps we sell, um, the blankets we're providing hot meals to kids in India. You know, we just do, we're, we're trying to give back with our products. So part of what 
you know, I want to get all over the world for is to talk, is to a to be able to give more back, but b also to spread the word about what we do and encourage more companies to do that. So I, I you know, I've seen that you know, in the twenty years I've been doing this, I've seen a handful of companies sort of say, "Oh, I see what you're doing. We're going to do that too." And at first, I'm kind of like, "Oh, wait, you're stealing my idea." And then, then I'm thinking, "Oh my God, I want you to steal my idea. I want you to plant a tree." I have a a doctor friend. He's a, he's a um, a pediatrician, he plants a tree with every new child that comes into his office. Like it can be anything. It can be, you know, you know, it can be a, a club operator saying, you know, with every new member this month, we're going to plant a tree or we're going to, you know, clean up the, you know, this, the neighborhood or something like that. And I, I just think that businesses could be doing so much more. And I know it's, I know it's hard when you're, you're focused on the bottom line to do that. But I think it, I think that the, the consumer recognizes that, that we're doing that. And they appreciate it, and that's there's a benefit there that's kind of hard to measure. Um, but I think we buy some, you know, some, you know, some loyalty and good word of mouth with that. So I always encourage um, that, and I want to spread the word about that. So, so if our listeners want to contact you or your company, um, there's lots of reasons to. You've given a lot during this during this this podcast. What's the best way for them to do that? Well, my my email is my initials DJ at jadeyoga.com. Our website is jadeyoga.com. Um, and we're happy to hear from anybody who wants, has any questions about how we can help. And that's what I, you know, I said at the beginning. I really, you know, our customers do well, we do well. That's that's the name of the game. So we're happy to try to help. Very good. Dean, thanks for joining me on the Club Solutions Podcast today. I've really enjoyed um, meeting you and getting to learn more about what you guys are doing. And um, I wish you continued success in the future. All right. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me.